Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to the show, Brandon Cobb. Hey, Victor, I appreciate you having me on. It's an honor to be here. Great to have you here. Now, Brandon, you're involved in a lot of new construction, just like we are. And I think one of the things that a lot of folks are asking themselves these days is, is the market overheated? Are we entering a recession? What makes sense in terms of recession resistant investing? But before we dive into that, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Yeah. So retired medical device sales rep turned real estate developer. You know, if you'd asked me seven years ago that we'd be building these, uh, you know, affordable new construction homes targeting first-time home buyers here in Nashville, Tennessee, I would have looked at you like you had seven heads. But I was in a position where I had a great job, loved it, loved showing up to surgery every single day. Thought it was really cool wearing scrubs. And then I promptly got sat down at a Starbucks one Friday and fired. And it was a total shock. Uh, that's kind of when I learned that no one was going to look out for my financial well-being but me. And so started on this real estate journey. It was on a couple other journeys that didn't work out. Real estate was the first one that took off. Realized I needed to follow all the right steps of all the greats. You know, get a mentor, invest in yourself. Did a lot of, invested in a lot of coaching, a lot of masterminding. First three years, didn't make a whole lot of money because we just dumped all the profits back into the business. Uh, became vertically integrated as needed, had an arm that we'd find everything off market, get nice, big, discounted, distressed properties, decided we wanted to build the construction arm out because we didn't like outsourcing the performance of our team to somebody else. We wanted to make sure we take care of ourselves and our investors. And uh, yeah, when you when you put in six, seven years of really hard work and blood, sweat and tears and keep reinvesting it back into the company and you know, to a certain point, you just, you've failed so many times, all you can do is make the right decisions. And that's what started happening. <laughs> There's definitely the flywheel effect. By the time you figure out what works, what doesn't, start building some momentum and have it start feeding itself. Uh, it definitely takes a lot longer than most people imagine it should. Uh, but then once you have that momentum, it really starts to become self-sustaining. You're exactly right. Once you get the flywheel turning and you spent years pushing it, it starts to turn itself, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. So fast forward to today, we're obviously at an inflection point in the marketplace. Interest rates are rising. The question of affordability is making headlines literally on a daily basis. It doesn't matter whether they're talking about housing or lettuce, they're both making headlines. What are your thoughts? I, I know a lot of first-time home buyers are thinking they're getting priced out of the market. They see the prices going up. They see their cost of borrowing going up. And with each passing week, seeing the house that they want that much further out of reach. How is it that you feel going into this market or this fa next phase of the market as a builder? Are you bullish? Are you scared? What are you thinking? Yeah, great question. So I'll give you a little bit of context, kind of, you know, what we do. So, you know, I'm a co-founder of HBG Capital. You know, when you've got discretionary income that you're looking to invest, you want to put it in real estate, you want to secure it, but inflation's crazy. The stock market's at all-time highs. You're just not sure what you want to do. You don't want to do a lot of work, but you want passive income and you want someone else doing all the work. Well, what we do is we look for recession-resistant real estate that's designed to be insulated against the market opportunity. And how we do that's really unique. So going into the next few years, the reality is nobody knows what's going to happen with the economy, 
right? No one knows what's going to happen with the stock market. Nobody knows what's going to happen with housing. You, you might be able to see, gosh, with a regular market six months out, but you know, with wars and all the crazy stuff and, and inflation and the volatility, nobody really knows. You've got all these giant forces pushing on each other. You've got inflation that's affecting the affordability of home prices. You've got the supply chain because of COVID. You've got the logistics where materials are just hard to come by because builders can't build these things fast enough to fill the supply. You've got a undersupplied housing market that started back in 2009, 10, and 11. I mean, three whole years where there was hardly no new construction going on. Everybody shut everything down during COVID thinking it was going to happen again. The reality is you just got to look at the fundamentals. And right now, the fundamentals are you still have fantastic interest rates. I don't care what people say about the, the Fed increasing rates. They're still fantastic historically. We're at least two years away from fulfilling the supply, especially when you look at it from an affordability standpoint. I mean, there's just so much that needs to happen for us to fulfill the demand for real estate right now and catch everything back up. So no one's got a crystal ball. I, I'm still bullish. I do think that things honestly need to taper down a little bit. I think there's too much price appreciation. I think there's too much euphoria in the market. Now, is it going to flip flop and go the exact opposite way? No one knows. There's some things that could do that. You know, if we go to war with Russia, I can about guarantee you that that's going to have a big effect on our economy. No one knows what's going to happen, right? So that's the reality. All you can do, though, is position yourself for it. So no matter what niche you're in, make sure that you're addressing your market exposure. In other words, see what you can do to add liquidity. Make sure you can get in and out a little bit quicker. Make sure that you can manage the timelines. Make sure you can manage how much equity there is. You know, we, we know that our portfolio is going to take a hit at some point. We're not worried about that. What we're worried about is how big of a hit can we build into the prices of the homes and how do we insulate against that? So, you know, number one, we focus on Middle Tennessee because it's more affordable compared to the rest of the country. We all know that when this big contraction is going to happen, the need for housing is not going to go away. We just push into more affordable living arrangements. And so that's where we want to be. We want to be in areas where there's more affordability. You know, second, Tennessee is no state income taxes. People are moving here in droves from high tax states like New York and California. That's another incentivization. We have local politicians that are giving further localized tax cuts to move businesses here. That's another level of insulation that we have. And Tennessee and Florida have just been these safe havens because of COVID. Everybody freaked out. Everyone that went out of business or was close to going out of business in some of these more uh, regulated states, they, they wanted to move somewhere where the government didn't shut everything down during COVID. And Tennessee is one of those areas making sure that you're vertically integrated and not relying on other companies for your investments to perform. You know, that's one reason why we build all of our own homes, right? I'm not relying on a builder because if he were to go out of business or bite off more than he can chew, all of a sudden my portfolio is in danger and I've got some exposure there. So we really do try to take every precaution we can to limit the exposure and the risk for when something does happen. I think there's some powerful lessons in the post-2008 era that we should not forget. If you mm -hmm. look at the zip codes in the country that where we had the most dramatic price decreases, I'm thinking Miami-Dade County, Broward County, Maricopa County in Arizona, uh, Vegas, places like that. What was it about those markets that was different than other parts of the country? Because the country didn't uh, drop uniformly by any means. Right. The thing that I see is that there were a lot of second homes. So in moments of duress, 
people will protect the homestead. And if there's a second property, they'll let that one go. I think there's been a lot of investment over the last two years in second homes, in vacation properties, and that's pulled inventory off the market. That's removed supply from the market. When people decide ultimately to divest of those second properties, whether it's because they age out of them or whether it's because they just decided economically it doesn't make sense for them any longer because interest rates are too high or whatever the reason might be, we could see a spike of supply enter the market that is almost a shadow inventory that we can't see right now because it's not on the market. I couldn't agree with you more. There's there's so many variables that come to play, right? Everyone's looking for the next 2008, 2009. They're like, okay, when we see banks start making ninja loans, no income, no jobs, no asset, boom, here's a loan, here you go. Like, that's what I'm going to be worried. History does not repeat itself. No. But it does rhyme. And so there's, there's so many nuances. I know, uh, you know, there was a guy, gosh, I can't remember his name, but he was, uh, you know, talking to some hedge funds that were talking to like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac saying, hey, you know, if we have another event like in 0809, we'll just assume all the mortgage or whatever we can. I mean, that's a huge way to gain a lot of equity and a lot of deals, but at the same time, not have to put any money down whatsoever. So I, I was very interested in that. So we're, we're putting safeguards in place to prevent another. I still think something's going to happen. What the reason is or the black swan event, I mean, you know, your, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're certainly positioned in a segment of the market where the demand is going to be the strongest. Price per square foot increase is going to be the most resilient. I expect to see prices at the top end of the market fall faster than prices at the bottom of the market because the demand is still there at the entry level. If someone, you know, if the 5,000 square foot home is not a starter house, the family that's just starting out is not aiming at that property. And as people age out of those homes and move into retirement homes and they downsize and move into the condo that's lock and leave, those homes will eventually become surplus. It, it, yeah, exactly. Everyone's going to transition down to the products that are, you know, most affordable and most match their needs. Right now, first-time home buyers are driving the market. You know, FHA loans—that's that's where we want to be. We want to be in the highest demand, lowest supply real estate products in the country. And right now, that's what it is. Right, and the fact that we can take these cookie cutter homes, fifteen hundred square feet up to twenty-two hundred square feet, same design plan, just kind of copy and paste and get in and out within a 12 month period, you know, we feel good about that because it limits the exposure to your point a whole lot. That's what everyone's wanting right now. As you undertake a construction project, what do you do to insulate yourself from the variability? I mean, quotes that you get from subcontractors have a shelf life that's on par with tomatoes. How do you mitigate that risk? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, what's happened after Q4 of 2020 is just unprecedented. We have just seen astronomical volatility in the material prices. Subcontractors have felt it. The reality is you want to buy all your stuff early. So, you know, we've got, uh, you know, storage where we're locking everything ahead of time. We're not waiting, you know, three months to get a lot of this stuff before we need it. We're going ahead and we're buying it ahead of time. That's one way we're doing it. And we're storing a lot of the stuff that's taking a long time, like windows, where we can get easy access to it. What we're also doing is we're making sure that we're building in equity, right? So this is where doing these 10% margin deals come in. If you're doing a 10% margin deal, you're absolutely insane. I see people do it. It's bonkers, right? And it's usually not these, these hiring builders. It's more kind of mom and pop builders. But you know, we underwrite everything at 66% LTV. So that means that we've got a nice runway in the event that our material costs do increase. And they have increased. Right now, 
with this market and how much appreciation the country's seeing. And specifically in Nashville, you know, top 10 fastest growing city in the United States past, you know, six years, there's been a lot of appreciation. So we haven't felt it specifically because we always over budget for everything. And when we've sold this home, we've always sold it for more than what we anticipated into it. So we have not felt the squeeze in those rising material and contractor costs, but there will come a day where you feel that squeeze. And that's when you want to make sure that you've got a lot of equity built into your deal and that you're building them quickly. You know, we try to get in and out in nine months. That's the reality. And if we can do that, then we're not going to get hit as hard as somebody who's taken, you know, 14, 16, 18 months to build a custom spec home that's 3,500 square feet, right? That's the beauty in building these straightforward houses where it's, you know, 1,500, 2,200 square feet, copy and paste and align over and over again. Very easy to build, very straightforward, very easily accessed materials, and we can build them pretty quick. Awesome. Well, Brandon, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Uh, Yeah. So head on over to our website, hbgcapital.net. That's harrybobgarycapital.net. We've got a ton of free resources, free ebook, uh, recession resistant passive income, tons of free education materials. Uh, We've got a book, 100 questions passive investors should be asking before investing. Everything is designed to get you up and running and knowledgeable on making passive investments. I'd say the number one thing that's preventing people from getting started in investing passively is they don't know what questions to ask, right? Especially if they're uneducated on the subject. So that free ebook we have in our educational resources on hbgcapital.net, it's designed to teach you all the questions you need to be asking when vetting a sponsor and vetting a deal. I love the perspective, Brandon. We look at projects very much the same way as you do. And for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Brandon at hbgcapital.net. That's hotelbravogolfcapital.net. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.